so usually we do these like slow rollouts, right? So we're like, okay, let's launch it to 10%. Let's launch it to 12%, like kind of rolling it out over a day or several days. I feel like there has been times where we've gotten to like, say we're at 30% and then an issue comes up. So we're like, okay, pause. Like we don't roll it back, but we're like, okay, we, we got to fix this before we continue to roll it out. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. And just yesterday, on the day that we're recording this, was a big launch day at ConvertKit, where a bunch of things that uh, the product team had been working on went live, but also some things that my brand studio team had been working on. And it got me thinking about what a launch feels like as a designer, as the creative who has worked on a project, all of the things you're like thinking about, worrying about and feeling both before and after the launch. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. You'll hear about it from me, from the like campaign marketing site perspective and Femme from the product feature launch perspective, but should be a good conversation. First though, Femme, how are you doing? We haven't actually talked face-to-face -face since you were in Valencia, which, you know, that was exciting. <laughs> yes. So I was in Valencia for a little while uh, and we got to hang out, which was amazing. Uh, yeah, it was nice to have a bit of a trip overseas and yeah, I've been back for a little bit trying to get back in the swing of things. It's always like when you're traveling, you know, your schedule is like, gets a little bit shaken up, but back home, doing pretty well. I'm starting to prepare for the next cohort of my course, uh, which I'm planning to, yeah, open enrollment in July for a August cohort. So that's very exciting. That is very exciting. Okay. So you heard it here first folks that you can stay tuned. Heard it that. here first. Yes. <laughs> How about you? How have you been going? Well, while you were here in Valencia, I mean, we were both here together for a bit, obviously, but then, um, you were here house sitting for me while I went to Iceland. And so that was fun. I had a few weeks driving around ring road. Um, it was so nice to spend so long off screens. It was actually quite a shock to the system to come back and yeah. be like, oh, I'm looking at this giant glowing rectangle for more than eight hours a day. Yeah, um, sleep has been slightly difficult since then. I think I'm still getting back into the like routine of looking at screens. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's been um, a busy time since coming back because like I said, then we just had this big launch yesterday. And so yeah, work's, work's been a bit hectic. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's always good to take a break, though. That's such a like nice reminder. And I know you were like sharing a bit about that, too, in your newsletter and things like reminding folks to take breaks. So, uh, yeah, it looks like you had so much fun, though. Such a beautiful trip. Yeah. And taking longer breaks, too. Right. Because I'm normally a long weekend, maybe a week off type of person. And so this was quite big for me to take. I think it was like two and a half weeks off work in the end, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it was it was really great and I would definitely recommend it. I now have used up the majority of my vacation time, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's for. It's for using. You were right. That is what it's for. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, let's get into the topic. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the recent launch you had? Mm. What was it? Yeah, so we just launched a new feature at ConvertKit called Creator Network, which you and I have been in like the alpha and beta phases of for a while, but now it's available to everyone. And so as part of the like campaign to be like, this is live, everyone can access it 
it, start collaborating with creators. We built, and I say we, but I mostly mean Corey and David on my team, <laughs> created a brand new website. So like totally from scratch, a new site. You can go check it out at creatornetwork.com. Um, it's basically like a public facing directory of some of the creators who are in the network, but there's also a really cool interactive tool that's a part of it where you can like go through a flow and be suggested three creators like it you know it's going to suggest them based on um your content topics what type of creator you are and that was really fun because we've never built something like for a campaign that was that interactive before we've normally just done like here's a landing page that tells you about the feature right, and right. you know we try and make it look good and try and make it cool but this was fun to do something a little bit extra special but because it was something brand new for us that also I feel like came with extra stress because there was a lot of unknowns around how it would go, like finishing it on time and all of that. But yeah, that's what we launched was um, from my side, the campaign to promote this new feature, which included the site, videos, all of the, all of the campaign things. So exciting. I mean, yes, I've been in the alpha of the feature for a little while and it's been so awesome. Uh, and congrats on the launch because that's very exciting yeah yeah so okay I I want to know a little bit about like what is your role as creative director and during launch a like launch this? yeah what goes into mm. yeah what goes into planning for it on the day maybe afterwards walk us through that a little bit yeah so I am mostly I guess in the role of keeping the train track on the rails and mm -hmm. a lot of the times I also have to find myself being the one to like help the team make decisions around de-scoping when needed as well or like uh, helping them figure out no this is essential and this we can put off until after the launch I feel like it's hard to plan my days around launch time because it feels like it's very reactive, like more reactive than normal calm working time is. Right. Um, <laughs> where I'm like hopping into conversations, I'm like looking at what conversations are happening around the launch in case I need to jump in and help unblock or you know make a decision so we can keep moving forward. But that was mostly it, keeping things on the rails, keeping things happening on time, providing last bits of feedback when needed, last bits of reassurance when needed as well. Um, and then as it goes live, celebrating the team for all their hard work as well. As soon as the site went live, I like went into our celebrations channel and just did this big shout out for David and Corey. Cause oh, this was, nice. I don't know, such a new thing we've done. And I just think that they deserve to be celebrated for it. I didn't want that to get lost in the whole launch of the feature and new customers coming in and yeah. all that. I wanted to take that moment. Yeah. And what's the timeline typically for a launch like this? Like, are you planning it the week before, months before? Like how much time goes into something like this? Well, this one was one that we've been working on for several months because it was a whole site. Like, you know, that's not something you can right. do in a week. But we have had times where we've launched something on a much shorter time frame. And that's when I feel like we haven't been able to do something as special for it. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when the timeline is shorter, you're more constrained in your resources. You've just got to like stick with the bare minimum of like, how do we solidly communicate what this thing's about? Um, and yeah. that's it. But yeah, with this, because we had longer, we had that time, but it also meant that we were creating a lot more stuff. So there was um, assets to go out as well. We had to make sure that all of the right folks on the team had the assets. David created a really helpful Google doc 
of everything with like links to here are the ads here are the social media images here are the oh, videos organized yes i like it very organized <laughs> so that everyone could access them when needed and i've been like you know refreshing twitter and watching things go out and it's all looking pretty good so that's nice it's like this sigh of relief at the end of a launch you yeah know? <laughs> what about you it's very interesting to hear like from a marketing perspective because i feel like on the product side most of the work we do is like building the the feature right rather than focused on the the launch and the marketing of it that said as a product designer there are moments where I do get involved in that launch so we in in most of the companies I've been at often and luckily here at Gusto my current company too we have a product marketing manager on our team who helps like be the bridge between product and marketing and does a lot of that heavy lifting of bringing like a new feature or product to market. Uh, And I will typically work closely with just that person. Like they're kind of my, my point of contact to like the brand team or the wider marketing team. So I'm usually just working with that person alone. And, uh, Yeah, typically they will sort of let me know what they're thinking for the launch. Uh, Let me know if they need any particular assets of like the product. Uh, That could be things like GIFs, screenshots. In the past, I've also done videos. Ooh, interesting. You create those. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Often I create those. Uh, And, you know, those get used in various different ways. Maybe it's in a help center, maybe it's like on a landing page, whatever. Uh, In the past, like brand brand studio teams have done that themselves, but I've never been quite as satisfied as if I do it myself. Like it's easier for me to know this is the exact like most latest up to date screen that we should be using. Like we also often have to go through a lot of legal reviews, make sure the copy in the screen is like correct and accurate. So I will usually in my like Figma file have a page for like marketing assets or like public Amazing. public assets is usually what I call it. Um, and that's where I'll like make all these nice hi-fi marketing-esque style screenshots, GIFs, prototypes, things like that, uh, and export them into a folder for the marketing and brand team. That sounds like something that I would very much like to ask the product designers at Converge to do. I wonder how they'd feel about that, me putting extra work on their plate. But no, that's amazing that you do that. I'm sure that the marketing teams you work with find that incredibly helpful because that's the kind of thing that like around the launch from the marketing and brand side, you're thinking about like, what's the narrative we're portraying with this campaign? What are all the different pieces of things we need to make? And then you come to start work on it and you're like ah okay we need like a really good quality shot of the product in this fate like shape uh, screen Um, it should represent our ideal customer like we don't want any Laura Mipsum in it you know and exactly slowing down to like okay go figure out where is the feature like file (laughs) in Figma and like how do I edit this what what you know dummy content do I put in Um, it does break the flow a bit and that sounds incredibly useful so that's awesome that you do that. Yeah. And it depends. It depends the level of fidelity. Like mm. there's been times where I've created like full on like marketing style images. Like, you know, the screen is on a background with Ooh, some patterns and some yeah, flourishes. Yeah. And there's been times where I just create the screen in like a mobile device frame or whatever and have that with like a transparent background. So the marketing team can drop that into whatever they need, whatever yep. kind of mock up they need. Right. So Uh, It kind of depends on the request or like who's doing what and what resources we have at the time. 
But yeah, I do find it really helpful to have a bit of that control to like pull out those screens and make sure that they're really tight, the content is good. And I do often lean on the the product marketing manager to sort of tell me which screens they need, or Mm -hmm. at least like, hey, can I read the help center content that you're writing so I can choose the the relevant screens or experiences that we might need to show. So there's a bit of that collaboration happening as well. Nice, that's really cool. What does the like lead up to a launch look like for you? Like, have you finished the design QA and like all your parts? of the feature well in advance or are you doing it right up until like the day before maybe even the hour before as happens in my case (laughs) in my case usually like probably the closest I've done QA to a launch is a week before okay and maybe some reasons for that a lot of the work I do is mobile and you have to like submit it to Apple Mm. for like a review a week or so in advance so uh, same with like Google Play Store, I guess. Uh, so yeah, usually we're like done, done one to two weeks before we actually want it to like update on your phone and it goes through that like review. Uh, so there are things like we do the QA, we do bug bashes, we do sometimes like we'll have a day long Zoom where people are dropping in and out for testing and like cool. making sure the product is really, really tight. Uh, so that's in my experience never done the day before if it's been done the day before we're pushing the 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 deadline usually because we don't want to be up to the last like second um and so usually when that happens the deadline gets pushed at least a week to give us some more breathing room and like fix any bugs and things like that so never quite like a last minute sprint but can be a bit of a sprint like the week before so how does it feel then for you the day before or maybe the day of a launch when you're not like there's nothing else for you to do like it's out of your hands now and you're kind of just waiting for it to happen Uh, what does that feel like for you yeah I guess I I'm not like usually super involved with like let's push the button and like you know get all the the comms out uh I sort of just like read the updates in slack or like monitor kind of the the live updates coming through from the team they'll always notify like okay we're at like 20 percent rolled out we're at 40 percent rollout or whatever uh and sort of do those like broader team comms when things are rolled out we also have a like all feature new announcement kind of channel uh to the whole company so things will get posted there as well once they're they're launched and things are going well uh so yeah i kind of keep an eye on those comms sometimes we might have like a a live zoom going on if it's like a really exciting big launch that we've been working on for a long time uh and like then we will be like push the button sort of thing and that's like kind of exciting but not often not for every little thing yeah yeah that makes sense that's interesting i feel like this latest launch of ours was the most hands-off i've ever been for one and i guess just because of the nature of my role now as creative director the like the most heavily involved i am in a project like this is more at the start in the strategic direction and like setting the team off on the right track making sure that the decisions we're making about the campaign narrative are going to be in line with our brand and then it's just mostly giving feedback from there and like I said in the last few weeks helping the team stay focused and make decisions about scope and all of that but I kind of felt this week like everything was just happening around me and I was like well I'll work on stuff (laughs) that will get started on next week I guess since yeah um, if you need me yeah (laughs) exactly but um, I actually got to be one of the people I mean I wasn't pushing the button but um, 
Issa and I, Issa on my team, she's a storyteller. We hosted a live stream that covered the like virtual side of the launch because Nathan was launching the feature and some other exciting announcements live at Craft and Commerce, which is our conference happening as we speak. I wasn't there, neither was Issa. And so we hosted the live stream version where we brought in Nathan's talk and we were like presenting before it. And so that was pretty fun because we got to be in a live chat with all the other like few hundred people who are attending the live stream to hear about all the new things and see their reactions in real time, answer their questions in real time. So yeah, that was pretty fun to to feel that close to, you know, the stuff going out. Very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had to roll back a launch? Ooh. Like, yeah, maybe you launched something and then suddenly something broke or didn't go well and you had to sort of start rolling it back. I don't know. I think that's happened when we've shipped a new page to our marketing site, for example, but it wouldn't yeah. was never something where like we had already sent a bunch of traffic to it. Right. Because kind of like what you're saying about you need to submit a week before because of the app store, we want to make sure that the page is live on the site and like working fine before we start sending the marketing comms to it. Totally. Yeah. And so... I, I can't think of a specific example, but I know it's happened that we've been like, yay, we shipped it. Oh, wait, this, what, what happened here? You know, <laughs> and you find it broke something else somewhere else on the site and you have to go back yeah. there. But luckily the like scale we're at at the moment, um, that's fine. It's not a big deal. We just fix it and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like, again, I can't think of exact examples, but I feel like there's definitely been scenarios where, so, so usually we do these like slow rollouts, right? So we're like, okay, let's launch it to 10%. Let's launch it to 12%, like kind of rolling it out over a day or several days. Um, and I think, I feel like there has been times where we've gotten to like, say we're at 30% and then an issue comes up. So we're like, okay, pause. Like we don't roll it back, but we're like, okay, we, we got to fix this before we continue to roll it out. Uh, obviously like with like features and product experiences, it's a bit of a deal if something's totally broken, so you don't want to keep rolling it out. Yep, you could break someone's whole workflow. Yeah, but it's also like really risky to completely roll it back because someone might be in the middle of such experience or there's legal whatever. So uh, I feel like I've definitely experienced those moments where we're like, okay, pause, we need to fix this before we continue our rollout plan. That's interesting. Yeah, I know we do that too. Uh, I say we, I mean like the product folks on the ConvertKit yeah. team do that. And we also... Uh, did a slow rollout of our comms as well via email. Obviously, if you're going to put something on social media, it's going to be seen by whoever the <laughs> algorithm decides to show it to of whoever's right. following you. But I know that when we send emails out to creators to be like, the creator network's now available, like you can go join yep. it, sign up. Um, we wanted to make sure we didn't have like 20,000 people all coming at the same time to click and do that. We're like, let's like take the load off our product a bit. Right. You got to think about traffic too. Yeah. So I know we did like a sent emails in batches to creators yes. about that as well which i think is smart that is really smart actually yeah uh yeah interesting i think that's really smart because you don't want to suddenly get like however many thousands or whatever of people like driving them to your to this one feature like at the same time what's been one of your favorite things that you've launched like the whether it's a product you're particularly proud of the design of or it was super fun meaningful impactful I don't know does any stand out in any launches you've been involved in because I bet you've been involved in plenty in your career <laughs> I was involved in like a one-year project uh during my time at Uber where we were doing 
uh, like a rare cash collection from drivers. And we did like four research trips to Mexico over that year, uh, doing a lot of research trips. And yeah, it took about a year. And so when that launched, like we were all really excited because we'd worked so hard for it. Uh, and I remember like my PM brought a bottle of champagne into the oh, office. Cool. Like, this is pre-COVID days, right? Like yeah. we like actually celebrated Fun. in person, which was really, really nice. I think we might've all gone out for dinner. Uh, so that to me is like the most memorable launch in terms of like, we really celebrated that, which was really great. I love that you did that. That's maybe why I'm feeling like this launch we just had yesterday is one of my favorites is because it felt like a moment, like it felt like more than just pushing a button and then waiting for people's reactions. Right. You know, yeah. Nathan was presenting it live on stage. We, me and Issa were live on the stream and it wasn't just, you know, um, ConvertKit customers in the chat. We actually had a bunch of ConvertKit employees also watching and like excited to see people's reactions and hear how the launch was communicated. And so, yeah, I think that's, um, I love remote work, but that is one of the like downsides of it is you can't be there with your team to celebrate in those yeah. moments. Yeah. In the past, like during, you know, now that we're in more of a remote world, uh, sometimes like the PMs have given everyone like a Uber Eats gift card or mm. something to mm -hmm. celebrate or like, you know, some sort of like little gift uh, to celebrate these huge milestones and launches, which I think is really nice because it's, it, you know, it's so exciting when those launches happen and people put so much work into it. A little bit of reward always feels really, really good. And it can go a long way for morale. I love that. That's what um, you saying, sending an Uber Eats gift card reminded me that I did that when we launched Site 2.0, which was the like complete redo of our code base. Ah. Um, I think that we had that pizza party was what we called it i think it happened maybe a week after the launch or something like that okay and i yeah. sent everyone a gift card so that they can like get their own pizza or whatever they wanted you know and then we were yeah on a stream together just hanging out having a pizza um wasn't the same as um you know being there in person but being on a zoom calls second best yeah especially yeah, yeah. if you're eating pizza <laughs> for most of your launches i'm curious do you do you often get that like kind of real-time feedback from customers like hmm. you're launching it they're they're engaged they're excited they're trying it straight away or I guess what I'm asking is have you had times where like you had really high expectations for a launch and then it was kind of crickets or like no one really checked it out or it didn't really go as successful as you had planned yeah I remember one launch we did of a because we make these series of coffee table books which is pretty cool uh -huh. to do as a software company. Um, and our second edition, I think it was, yeah, the third just launched um, at the conference, but the second edition was a few years ago. And we had this idea for a campaign around it where people could recommend other creators. So like you go on and you're like, this is a creator I believe in and I wanna thank them for you know inspiring me. And then you would both get a copy of the book. And that's how we were like giving the book away. And we had, a, like, we had some people take part and be excited about it but nowhere near to the scale that we wanted and so right. it does kind of take the shine off a launch a little bit when that happens right like and you can kind of hold two things at once you can be like okay i'm excited that these people get it and that these people are excited yeah. about it but i wish there was like many many more of them <laughs> yeah that is really hard uh yeah i feel like i've had similar we're like we're, we're really excited about a feature and then we launch it and like not as many people have tried it as we had hoped or like 
but sometimes it's a learning experience too like we'll go back to the drawing board and be like okay what else can we do mm. like maybe we can send an email maybe we can do i don't know some social media posts like it's also a nice moment for like let's get creative about you know we don't give up straight away is what i'm saying like yes. let's be creative about how we can continue like pushing this um and i think also a reminder that like things last more than a day you yeah, know like yeah. it's not it's, all about the launch day <laughs> it's not all about the launch date obviously the launch day is very exciting and when you hope to get like the biggest spike right mm-hmm. in traffic or usage or whatever uh but it's it's not representative of how valuable that thing is yeah well speaking of like having a spike traffic and things like that do you get to, after a launch, go in and look at the data of how folks are using it? Because that's something that I haven't done yet for this launch, but I plan on doing on yeah. Monday. I'm going to like dive into the dashboard and be like, how many people have visited the site? How many people are yeah. interacting with our tool? I usually don't immediately after, mm-hmm. but maybe like a week or two, uh, I would go in and, and have a look at that. Also often like a data scientist or an engineer would probably usually like provide a little report or like be sharing those live in the channel, which is great. Often we have like Slack bots or something set up like this person signed up for this thing. So that's like a nice indicator too. Uh, So yeah, usually not like immediately after, but later on I do. I think that's healthy to not do it immediately after, to be honest, because you want (laughs) to like let things shake out a little bit, let everyone, you know, not everyone's going to open their email and read about the new feature straight away. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. let people have time to, to get in there. But yeah, I, I love looking at data and, you know, learning from that stuff. So I am excited to get into it and I yeah. hope that I'll like what I see, but maybe it'll be like the book launch <laughs> thing. And I'll be like, Oh dang, we need to show more people that this tool exists, you know? Yeah. I also worry that like, if I look at it too prematurely, I'm going to draw, like start, like I, I won't be able to help it. I'll start drawing conclusions mm. that may be too premature. Yep. Right? You know, True. like, oh, people are dropping off at step three. Like, oh my gosh, we need to fix that. Uh, but maybe it's just like too premature data. Like I need to give it some more time for it to even out, you know? Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's what you're looking at when you look at data after a launch. Sometimes. Like, how are people yeah. using it? What's their flow that they're going through? Nice. Yep. For me, it's yep. mostly about traffic and like, is right. this thing, traffic <laughs> signups, is this thing having an impact? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. It, I always love how we can, I don't know, we didn't plan on this when we launched this show, right? That we'd both go into different sides of design and tech. No. <laughs> but it's great that it turned out this way because we can bring these like, you know, opposite viewpoints to a, a situation. <laughs> yeah. So whether you're on the marketing side or the product desi- design side. We got you covered. Yeah, hopefully you, <laughs> yeah, you're getting something out of this. Yes. Well, should we wrap up now? And uh, I think this episode will come out just before config potentially and maybe say that if you are a designer who's attending config Fem and i will be there and you should seek us out and say hi. say hi um we're hopefully going to be hosting a meetup as well we will have tweeted it by the time this episode is going we live. will have tweeted it for sure yes yes and also i am going to be having some design life stickers Woo-hoo. and probably some pins yes. as well on me so Come up to us, say hi, tell us you listen to the podcast, and yeah, we'll happy to hand you, you one. Give you a sticker, sounds good. And also, Fem is speaking at Config, so that's exciting too. We're going to get to hear <laughs> your tips. Are you doing tips for Figma or Fig Jam? Uh, both. Ooh, okay, nice. I'm excited then. So we'll get to see Fem speak. You can come hang out with us. Um, it seems like, yeah, I'm so excited for Config. It's going to be like a grand meeting of design minds. 
so should be a good time. It feels like a build-up of like like the whole, like of the last three yeah, years, yeah. like a huge build-up during COVID. I've been waiting for this the whole pandemic. No pressure, Figma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it good. <laughs> I'm sure they will. But fam, where can people go to hear more episodes of this show? Yeah, you can go to designlive.fm. You can also follow us on Twitter at designlife.fm. We always tweet new episodes. Yes, and we also like to take your requests for topics as well. So if there's something you've been thinking about, maybe it's more product related, maybe it's more marketing related. Either one is fine for us. Like we said, we got you covered. But let us know what's on your mind and what you'd like to hear us talk about. You can tweet us at designlife.fm or email us hello at designlife.fm that's the one and uh yes we will we will hear your request awesome try next time see you bye bye